1 Corinthians 1, 12, some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God I didn't baptize any of you except for Crispus and Gaius, for now no one can say they were baptized in my name. Oh yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. I think that's funny that he put that in parentheses. But I don't remember baptizing anyone else. Isn't that great? For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scripture says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this lead the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. So, this is a good scripture to kind of go along with what we were saying earlier, related to the fact that we are not taught by men. We are taught by the Lord. And when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach, he was directly referring to the seven spirits of God that is spoken of in the book of Isaiah. We are in a group, you know, the sons of God are part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom is run by a king, you know, if we want to think of it in human terms, because this is the scripture does talk about it in human terms, to help us understand. Obviously, it's not literally like that, but because these are the kind of things that we understand, we use the word kingdom because it has to do with dominion has to do with authority. You know, a kingdom has authority. A kingdom has dominion over a certain place. Well, the kingdom of heaven has dominion. The kingdom of God has dominion. We've been brought into a kingdom. We've been given dominion. But in order for us to exercise that dominion, it is necessary to grow up. There are certain areas of our existence in Christ that we have not yet utilized yet because we are in the process of being trained. So when you take a son, or, you know, sons of God also refer to male and female, okay? When you take a son and you bring them into that place, you put them under tutors and governors. Those tutors and governors teach and train the child and bring the child up into a place of maturity so that it can begin to take the responsibilities of the kingdom, okay? We've been brought into a kingdom, a kingdom that is an everlasting kingdom. It's called the kingdom of the son of his love or his beloved, right? So we've come into a kingdom of love, and now we see that we are in a process of being taught and trained. So when we say, I was, I was taught by, by Andy Stanley, he's my teacher. We're wrong about that. <laughs> I was taught by Kenneth Hagin, he's my teacher. You're wrong about that. Kenneth Hagin is not your teacher, okay? You have been taught as you have 
always been taught by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of knowledge, the Spirit of the fear of the Lord, right? We've been taught by the Spirit. So it's kind of interesting here where in 1 Corinthians, you know, Paul's addressing this, I am a follower of Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow this person, I follow that person, and he's like, uh, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so, so, you know, as we're growing, so you, you're, you're going to see stuff. You're going you're gonna to experience things in your life that are contributing to this maturity. So it's an so basically in a nutshell it's a very immature thing to say that you follow this person and you follow that it's very immature because it shows that you have a lack of understanding um, a lack of knowledge or or you're not speaking from that place you're speaking from a place of immaturity yeah but what about this teacher they're a good teacher what about that person all of this kind of stuff without this understanding that how are we being trained we're being brought up like Jesus he's the pattern. He grows in the knowledge of God and man, but who's the one who's instructing us? It's always the Spirit. So you may go to this church, and you went to that church, and you went to this church, and you went to this Bible school, and you went da-da-da-da-day, and you're jumping all around the place, and then you're just saying, what's going on here? You know, I can't find a good teacher. Well, you should be taught of the Lord. Like I said the other day to some one of my friends, I was like, hey, you know, I'm a little too, for me personally, I'm a little too far gone, I said, because I can go outside and look at a butterfly, get caught up in an ecstasy in the spirit, and be taught by the Lord something. You know, I can't, I can't frame this out in human terms anymore. I've gone too far out. I realize that the spirit of the Lord is instructing us all the time. We're receiving revelation and knowledge from him always. We're, we're never not learning something from him. He's, but he's not just teaching us with words, you know, like he's talking here that, you know, about how these words of human wisdom, what is it, what is it that the Gentiles want, the Greeks? They want philosophers, scholars, debaters. You must debate the faith. You must defend the faith. How, what are you going to defend the faith? You have to defend the earth. If not, the earth will cease to exist. The earth is going to be here. <laughs> the, 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 the realm of the spirit, the heavenly realm does not depend on you believing in it. The belief has to do with how much you want to access it. If you do not believe it, you do not access it. If I do not believe my chair will support me, I will not sit in it. There is a belief related to sitting down in a chair. The belief is this chair will not fall over when I sit in it. And it's the same with the realm of the spirit. You did not make the realm of the spirit exist because you believed it. It was always there, but you accessed it by intention of your heart. Through Christ, you accessed the realm of the kingdom of heaven by your intention of your heart and saying, I'm going in. Where are you going? I'm going through Christ into the kingdom of the son of his love. I have decided by intention to experience the love of God today in my life, right? That is what belief does, or we call trust, you know? We call it trust is a simple way of saying it. Do I trust the chair? If you trust the chair, you'll sit in the chair. If you don't trust the chair, you won't sit in it. Have you ever seen some old, you know, chair? You know, someone, I'm pretty tall, you know, some of those chairs I don't sit in. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to hold me up, right? So people aren't willing to make that step because they're not sure. So we preach Christ, which is foolish to the Jews 
and it's foolish to the Greeks because the Greeks want you to make it logical. Debate it with me, sir. Sit down and let's debate the scriptures. Well, you can debate reality if you want, but you don't have to. Some people want to take that step because they can mentally ascend to it. Now that I understand it, I believe I have it. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. That's not how that works. Okay? So we preach that Christ was crucified. The Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it's nonsense. You see? You see how it works? So we're not really um, being taught by men. We're being taught by the Lord. You weren't baptized into a man's name, just like Paul said here. You were baptized into Christ. Well, if you're baptized into Christ, who's the one who sustains you? Christ sustains you. Kenneth Copeland does not sustain you. Your, your local pastor who loves you, who, love, who does love you, does not sustain you. They're all representations of themselves on the earth. You are taught by the Lord. You are taught by Christ. So what I'm saying with all of this is, is this. If by our heart intention we're expecting to receive from the Spirit of the Lord and not from a man, we will notice that we mature because the maturity comes through the Spirit's teaching and not through the teaching of men, okay? So it's just a part of us growing. So when we first start, we may start factioning things off. Or like I was saying before, you know, um, churches start to splinter and then chase their tails over and over again, and they're not really doing anything, you know? And so, but what God has called us into is this place of, of deep, deep, deep humility, very low in humility, okay? And then very high in our thinking of the things that are above. So you take yourself and you go very low in your heart, humble like the Lord, and yet high and exalted, seated at the right hand of the Father, putting your thoughts on the things above. And that combination produces that growth and maturity because eventually, as we grow, we will look just like our dad. We will look like the Father. And that is very clear. What is that going to look like? That is a great question. And guess what? That gets stored into that realm of mystery. And it's a great place. And so what we can expect is that as we're maturing, God is going to show us little glimpses here and little glimpses there, you know, of, of these characteristics of his nature coming out in us as we're growing up. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I used to not know how to walk because I didn't know how to do it. And at some point I learned how to walk. Then I learned how to run. Then I learned how to drive a car. <laughs> and I go really far then, right? So we, in the natural world, have begun to be developed. But how, were we, how did that happen? It happened through a mature process. A maturity takes place. And so as we're growing, as we're maturing in him, some of these silly ideas start to fall off. And you may, and again, when you're in a big family, you got people that understand things in all different ways, and you just got to use the grace of God to do that. You might get in, someone may want to get into a conversation with you where you start arguing over who's right about doctrine on this and doctrine on that, get all Greek about it, right? Or you might get into an argument about signs and wonders and miracles, get all Jewish about it, right? But who are we? We're sons. We're just like our big brother, Jesus. But to those called by God 
to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the wisdom of the world is not what you want. It's the wisdom from above. It's the wisdom that comes from the Spirit. It is actually the Spirit of wisdom. And you may see the Spirit of wisdom in a vision, in a dream, in a waking state. You may see the Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of wisdom is a she. <laughs> okay? And again, one of the things, you know, sometimes when you talk about the Spirit is a she, you're like, you can't say God is a she. Well, I'll tell you this. It's very clear when you read the original Hebrew that he that God has both male and female characteristics, for sure. Now, women tend to nurture. They do. They nurture. We, in the Spirit, are being nurtured by the Spirit of the Lord. And when you have a... So this is the reason why sometimes people get nervous about seeing, because they're not sure what they're seeing, right? But when you see these things in the Spirit, you will see the Spirit as a she. Why? Well, because that's those characteristics of the Godhead that you're seeing right now, that nurturing part. I'm not trying to make excuses for what you see. It's like, why is the grass green, Jamin? I Look, just go look at it. It is green, right? So why do you see the Spirit as a she? Because that's the characteristic, too. And that's the visible... Again, God is not a man, and God is not a woman. Neither, right? But when we're looking at something in the Spirit, our... Our spirit and our soul work together to present it in a way that makes sense to us. And the only thing that we have that makes sense are physical realities. So when we see things in a visionary state, there is some type of corresponding um, basis for what we're seeing. And that is going to translate into the, into the created world. So we will see these things as created representations. We call these visions. We call them uh, dreams. We call them, um, you know, ec ecstatic experiences. Okay. We, we can have those. We're, we're actually, that's very normal. It's very normal for Christians to have ecstatic experiences, visions, trances. Those are all very normal things. They happen all throughout the scripture and there's nothing wrong with those. We are in him. We are in Christ. And as we are engaging with the spirit of the Lord, we will be taught in these places in places where we're, when you're asleep and you're having a dream, you're, you're in a trance. So if you said trances are bad, then that means you shouldn't go to sleep at night because <laughs> you will go into a trance. It's the same state. Now, do I think that you should put yourself into a trance using some type of, you know, I think that that could be very dangerous because what are you opening yourself up to? I say, if you're going to go into a trance, let the Lord bring you into the trance. Don't force that. Okay. Um, and he will, he will, he definitely will. Okay. And those are, and so in the trance, you're taught. Okay. So I know this is, <laughs> I guess this one's going to get released, but oh well. Um, <laughs> so in the trance, you're taught. You are taught in a trance. Peter was taught in a trance, was he not? When Peter was on the top of the, of the house there and he was, he was taking a nap or whatever it says, but it actually says he went into a trance. And what was given to him when he was in the trance? the revelation that the Gentile population will be taught the gospel as well and should be taught, and that they are also a part of the olive tree, right? So we know this. So you're going to be taught in trances. So again, as we are anticipating our tutoring, being brought into the kingdom to learn, expect that these are the techniques 
that have been outlined in the scripture before us of how we are taught. Again, like Paul said, we are not taught like the Gentiles. We are not taught through men's wisdom. We are not taught through philosophies. Philosophies have a value. They do. You want to be philosophical? Let your brain get wrapped around philosophies? Sure, fine. It's something, but it's a lower type of knowledge. It's not the ones that come from above. The one that comes from above comes in its holy. Because remember, the Spirit is holy. It's the Spirit of holiness. The things that you are being taught in the Spirit in a trance are holy things. They're righteous things. Men's philosophies are not holy. They are, they are lower. The other thing about men's teachings is that they um, fall apart over time. And they become useless and worthless because they only, they only have a value in the physical world. In other words, however long you're in your physical body, that's the only time that it has a worth. It doesn't have a worth outside of the body. You're not just the physical body. That's the other reason why we're being tutored by the Spirit because the spirit understands the, the, the extension of a tripartite being or actually multiple dimensional being like we are, spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding can teach us what this is really like, what this is really about, that our physical eyes may not be transmitting to our mind. Our spirit is receiving through impartation, possibly through a trance, possibly through words that are spoken, possibly through the scriptures. Those are all there, but it's always the Spirit teaching us, not men. Now, does God use men? Yeah. Does God use a butterfly? Yeah. Did God use a donkey? Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about what we're intending to receive and who we are receiving from. If I'm receiving from a man, I'm limiting myself. But if I'm receiving from the Spirit of the Lord, I've opened myself up to all possibilities. Okay? So God chose things the world considers foolish. He decided to do that on purpose. <laughs> to shame those who think they are wise. And you will find this a lot of times. You think, oh, how did they get that? How did they get that? If you honor wisdom, look in the book of Proverbs. It talks about wisdom. And it actually calls wisdom a she in Proverbs too, if you wanted to know the truth of the matter. So if you want to honor wisdom, who is a person or a spiritual being, a being, right? Not a person like us, but a being. If you want to honor wisdom, then you will receive wisdom's treasure, which is the name of our Bible study. <laughs> you will receive wisdom's treasure when you honor wisdom. But if you honor men, you will only receive a man's reward. And if you want men to honor you, you will only receive a man's reward. But if you shift your understanding to the higher realm and then understand that you are not just a mere human, but that you are a son, in the image of the Father, you will begin to engage with spiritual beings, the cloud of witnesses, the men in white linen, the angelic canopy. All of this is now accessible through the Spirit all the time, because now we are not just living here, but we're also living there simultaneously, able to maintain both a, a heavenly 
presence and an earthly presence. And, and like we were hearing earlier, there's no contradiction. It both completely works in both places all the time. And you can live in that place. It's much better. It's much better. So when people ask me, what about this teacher? What about that teacher? They're all great. Everyone's great because we're all one big family. We all love the Lord. But who's teaching you? The Spirit, just the same person that's teaching you. The Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of understanding. The Spirit of the fear of the Lord. We stop seeing things in merely human terms. And, the, and, and that's because that's why he was just so surprised. It's like, what? Why are you saying I am of Paul and I have a policy? It's like, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> it's not a it's not a mental ascension to the fact that God's teaching us. It's the fact that you've encountered this. You've encountered the Spirit yourself. You know that the Spirit is real. It's not just like, oh yeah, we're one big family, kumbaya. It has to do with the fact that you've had encounter with the Spirit. And you know that that's where that comes from, not from a man. Okay, so it's a maturity that comes. And as we're growing, then you'll understand, you know, do you still listen to this person? Maybe I might. Do you listen to that? Maybe. You know, who's the influencer? You know, everyone wants to influence everybody. I got prophets all coming out the wazoo. Well, we're all prophets. We're all prophets. It's amazing. You know, but where are we being instructed? We're being instructed of the Lord. Can I honor what God is speaking through you? Yes. Can you honor what God is speaking through me? Yes. Can we honor each other? Yes. But we know where we're being instructed. We know the group we're with, the ecclesia group, the governing group we're with, because this is a part, it's part of growing people. If you're with an ecclesia group and it, you're not vibing, then there's probably another group somewhere. Just ask the Lord. It's, it could be a small group, you know? Don't look for the lights and the sound and the whole thing. That's not what it's about. Be in the spirit and look and see where where is it gelling with you? Where, where are you connecting in the spirit where you're moving in the same direction. It's not a right and wrong. It's the body. Are you a finger? Are you a pinky? What are you? You're just kind of moving within the body to say, yes, this is where we're moving. This is what we're doing. And this, and just so you know, for anyone that's hearing, this, this is what God has shown me. This is why I teach the way I teach now. This is the reason why I do, quote, church the way I do it now. It's because God is, has led me into these places. This is the way that God has instructed me. It's not a law. I'm not expecting other people to do it like me or to teach like me or to be anything like me. And I, I would not want that, honestly. You should be you. Do, where God, do what God's led you to do and be in that group. But there's pressure sometimes from the world. Oh, you got to act like this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And part of that maturity is ignoring that. Ignoring what the world is telling you you have to do. You're supposed to do three songs, Jamin, and then you're supposed to do the offering, and then you're supposed to do this and that. You know, that's a minister's thing, right? Everybody has their own, you know? You might have your own with whatever area God's brought you into, you know? But this is part of that growing and maturity. God is teaching us things. He's leading us, and it is the Spirit herself that is actually teaching us, bringing us up into this place of maturity and nurturing us, instructing us, tutoring us. Now, Again, the Spirit's one. I did mention the men in light, white linen, the cloud of witnesses, and the angelic canopy. You have teaching there, too. It's a big family. It's a big kingdom, people. It's, I know for some right now, this might be completely like outside of their scope of understanding, but trust me when I tell you, you will also see this, and you will understand. It wasn't just an idea. 
this is a real place. The heavenly realms are real. Um, the, the, the men in white linen are real. The cloud of witnesses is real. The angels are real. They're not just my idea about it. If you encounter an angel, you will know. That was not an imagination. That was, that was a being that you had an encounter with that came from the Lord. And that's part of your training and tutoring. Don't be afraid. Remember, every time they saw an angel, don't be afraid. It's okay. You're learning about who you are. Your family is very powerful. The kingdom you're in is very, very powerful. And so we're getting little <laughs> little glimpses here and there because you can't, it, it's very easy to get overloaded. You don't want to be overloaded. <laughs> so God is teaching us. He's instructing us. We have great things to look forward to. Um, part of that is growing up, and um, the Lord is helping us do that too. Okay, so that's all I have for today. And thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.